Welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. We're happy to be back on the AM dial. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and today we'll learn all about the new exhibition at the Historical Society of Rockland County entitled Influencers, Art and History on South Mountain Road. My guest is Susan Deeks, the Executive Director of the Historical Society of Rockland County. Our organization is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lawveld House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. We're listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and we are a designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland with the public, and as a private nonprofit institution, not a county or state agency, the Historical Society of Rockland County depends on charitable contributions to fulfill its educational and preservation mission. We hope you'll consider making a financial contribution, and you can do that safely online by visiting our website at rocklandhistory.org and click the donate button at the top of the landing page. We'd love to count our radio listeners as financial supporters of the Historical Society of Rockland County. And now I'd like to welcome my guest, Susan Deeks, to Crossroads. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I can't believe this is the first time you've been on the radio. I can't either. (laughs) Before we begin speaking about the new exhibition, take a moment to tell the listeners about yourself. Sure. I've been the executive director of the Historical Society since 2013, so I'm coming up on my sixth year. It's been a lot of fun. I grew up in Rockland County in Orangetown, Blauvelt, so I was surrounded by local history growing up, but I wasn't particularly interested in history and went into a career in publishing for about 18 years got tired of commuting into the city and started looking around for something to do and volunteered at a historic site, fell in love, went back to school for a master's in history, and the rest is, as they say, history. As we're talking about South Mountain Road, let's get clear on the geography. Where is South Mountain Road? Okay, so South Mountain Road is at the northern end of New City, um, the town of Clarkstown. It runs along the base of South Mountain, which is the dividing line between the town of Clarkstown and the town of Haverstraw. So it sort of runs down along the west branch of the Hackensack River at the headwaters of the Hackensack on a five-mile stretch starting at Route 45 at the Conklin Orchards in Mount Ivy and terminating at Haverstraw Road that then continues through the Short Clove to Route 9W in the village of Haverstraw. What kind of terrain are we talking about? Uh, very mountainous, uh, hilly, very sort of steep in places, windy, not very good visibility on the road. Um, driving South Mountain Road, you really feel like you're driving in old Rockland County. I mean, it's really uh, very rural in its feeling and, um, and very beautiful. So the history of the area pre-20th century is very interesting. Tell us a little bit about that. Well... There's evidence that at least parts of South Mountain Road itself was Indian Trail used by the native Lenape to travel from the Hudson River up into the interior and especially into the fertile farmlands in the center of Rockland County that are now Spring Valley and Muncie. Dutch and English settlers found that farmland pretty early, around the very early 1700s, and started to create farms there. We have people on record um, named Coe, Roberts, Conklin, Gurney, and Jersey living right 
in and around South Mountain Road in the 1700s during the Revolutionary War. And they had farms. They quarried the local sandstone and put down roots and stayed there pretty much throughout the 1800s. Fast forward to the early part of the 20th century, this was the beginning of this area being a place for artists, right? Yeah, 1907, to be kind of exact about it, that's when Mary Horgan of Nyack met and married the artist John Mowbray Clark. They were both down in New York City studying art and working. They met each other, they got married, and decided that they wanted to find a place in Rockland County, where Mary, of course, was born. Uh, so they bought the pre-Revolutionary War Grenet Farmhouse, which is up adjacent to the Conklin Orchards in Mount Ivy, and acres of farmland um, at the western end of the road, and uh, named it the Brocken. Built, built their own house uh, in addition to the original farmhouse, and kind of had a camp up there for that they invited artists up to. What do you think drew them to South Mountain Road? My best guess would be it was equal parts intellectual stimulation and fresh air. <laughs> People uh, were living in the city at the time, and they were looking for an escape to get out of the increasingly congested city. Cars were starting to be used. Traffic was getting bad. They were down there during the week. So it was nice to come up to Rockland on the train or by wagon for a weekend. The Brocken, the Mowbray Clark's house, was only six miles also from the farm retreat that was owned by the painter Arthur B. Davies in Congers, which is now Davies Farm, continuing to operate. Um, Mary had actually, Mary Mowbray Clark had dated Arthur Davies when they were, when she was in art school and probably met her husband through him. They were all part of a very young crowd um, centered around the Art Students League in New York City, and they were exploring all kinds of radical intellectual ideas and artistic ideas um, and sort of creating a whole new line of art for themselves. We've talked before about Mary Mowbray Clark in relationship to the Dutch garden that she designed, but there was quite a bit of work that she did prior to that. So tell us a little bit more about Mary Mowbray Clark. Sure. Mary was uh, very much ahead of her time as a woman in New York. She was an art critic and she also partnered with a woman named Madge Jemison and founded the Sunwise Turn bookstore in Midtown Manhattan that became a great gathering center and salon for all kinds of artists and intellectuals. It was an art gallery, they held literary talks, they had poets like Robert Frost come in and read and Charles Charles Birchfield, the artist, exhibited his paintings. Um, Ernest Hemingway actually used the store as his mail stop, got his mail when he was in New York from there, and based some of the characters in his novels on some of the other literary figures, some of whom ended up settling on South Mountain Road. The early artists and literary figures that ended up on South Mountain Road, they really came through their the knowledge of Mary Mowbray Clark, probably. Uh, Mary Mowbray Clark and a couple of others, uh, Hugo Robes, the sculptor, he was teaching in New York and he also told a number of his students about and invited them up to his home on South Mountain Road. Um, he had actually followed the Clarks, but uh, he, he bought a house and he talked up the area. Um, Henry Varnum Poor, who came up shortly thereafter also had a number of students that he encouraged to visit him and, and ultimately settle, purchase land. Do you have a favorite artist? 
Not really. I like them all. I have to say I'm a little bit partial to Lorelenia, uh, the singer. She and her husband, Kurt Weil, left Germany um, before World War II. He was Jewish and fled Nazi persecution. She was Catholic, but actually was fleeing persecution because of her socialist views. And they ended up being a little bit um, itinerant around New York and sort of sofa surfing, I'm told, until they found a little house in Mount Ivy. And when Brookhouse, one of the early farmhouses that had been purchased by uh, the actor Rollo Peters and his partner Amy Murray came up for sale in 1940, they bought that house and ended up staying there until, well, Kurt Weil died in 1950, but Lania was there until 1981 when she passed away. She actually survived three husbands, and her third husband was 26 years younger than she was, so a very strong lady. <laughs> Excellent. While researching the artists and literary figures and musicians that came to South Mountain Road, did anything surprise you? Possibly the most surprising thing I found in my research was how well-off many of these artists were. I, you know, We always work with the stereotype of the starving artist, and we think of scratching your way through life trying to make money with your art. But some of the guys, some of the people who settled up in South Mountain Road were fairly well-off to begin with. Henry Varnum Poor came from the family that founded Standard & Poor's company, so, and his father was a banker in Kansas, where he was born and grew up. And Rollo Peters, uh, his father was an internationally renowned and very financially successful painter. So they were able to buy a lot of land and then parlay that over time as well into even more uh, finances. And a lot of the people that they attracted to come up, such as Maxwell Anderson, the playwright, uh, were very successful on Broadway. Milton Kniff was an extremely commercially successful cartoonist who was part of that crowd. So really, I had to rethink very much the starving artist idea. But at the time, of course, land was affordable in, in this area, right? That was part of what drew them, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about some other notable people that ended up there. Well, mentioned Maxwell Anderson, the playwright, um, who was there. Possibly the most beloved person who ended up on South Mountain Road was Dr. Martha McGuffey in the mid-20th century. She bought a Scottish-style castle that was originally built by a marine lawyer named Harold Deming and furnished it with all kinds of uh, suits of armor and medieval antiques and uh, actually ran her reconstructive surgery practice out of the house's ground floor and opened the house up once a year for a sort of a haunted castle Halloween fundraiser that a lot of local people remember. Uh, it raised money for her um, charity that provided medical care to children in Africa. Um, there were also you know, some less famous but important people who lived on the road. There was Jules Billig, who was an inventor of air conditioning systems, and um, Morton and Lita Horneck. Morton Horneck was the head of a drapery company in Haverstraw, whose name is currently escaping me. And Lita Horneck was an avant-garde um, promoter of art. She was known as the culture queen of New York City. Had her portrait painted by Andy Warhol. By the 1950s, we see one of the early you know, important artists who went there, Henry Varnum Poor, really became quite sought after in terms of creating these handcrafted houses, these hand-built houses on South Mountain Road. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, Poor built his own house, uh, Crow House, out of local materials, the locally quarried leftover stone and specially quarried stone and chestnut logs from some of the blighted chestnuts in the area. He sort of went with the environment. Um, it's It's an odd house. It's not conventionally built as a box. It sort of takes its own form from the landscape and from its situation. And uh, it's very creative. It's he's got studio space. It uses incorporates his ceramics. Um, he was a well-known ceramicist and did beautiful, brightly colored uh, tile work. And it was really it was an expression of his personality and his his take on how one should live with the environment and in the world, as opposed to imposing yourself on the world. And that was very popular among his compatriots in the area, many of whom hired him to build houses for them. Uh, Maxwell Anderson, for instance, had, when he left his first house, the farmhouse he bought, he had a second house built by Henry Varnum Poor. And Henry Varnum Poor also was asked by some of the wealthier residents to build uh, mountaintop houses. Very modern, very sleek, beautiful white concrete. Um, with windows facing, with beautiful views of New York City that are now multi-million dollar properties. So he really, you know, uh, as you said, parlayed that self-expression into more and more architectural works that, you know, even though he wasn't really a trained architect. He did. Um, He did. And I guess the drawback to that is that he wasn't a trained architect or engineer. So the houses that he built can be difficult to maintain even some of the later ones that use more modern materials uh, tend tend to be a little bit time and, and money intensive to keep um, up to code. And these houses are some are still in very good condition and are lived in right now. Absolutely. Yeah. You're listening to WRCR 1700 AM and WRCR.com. This is Crossroads of Rockland History, and I'm Claire Sheridan. We're learning all about the new exhibition at the Historical Society of Rockland County entitled Influencers, Art, and History on South Mountain Road. My guest is Susan Deeks, the Executive Director of the Historical Society, and the exhibition opened this past April 18th and will continue through October 27th. So this exhibition is a collaboration between the Historical Society of Rockland and Rockland Center for the Arts. Tell us a little bit about that collaboration and how it came to be. It came to be actually through a casual conversation um, at a nonprofit meeting with Daley Flanagan, the executive director of Rockland Center for the Arts. I had just finished reading South Mountain Road, the autobiography and memoir of Hesper Anderson, Maxwell Anderson's daughter, and found it fascinating. And at the same time, Daly was looking at some of the uh, early artists from South Mountain Road, especially in light of the fact that they had a lot of works in their collection that rarely come out and get to be seen. And we were talking about possible ways that our two organizations could work together and somehow South Mountain Road came up as as a good subject of collaboration where we could touch on both the present and the past. So is that the reason why the show is called Influencers? It's called Influencers for a number of reasons. It's a great word um, that we have to thank you, Claire Sheridan, for because you came up with it. It pulls together a lot of strains 
in the show. It calls on how the artists were influenced to come to Rockland County, how Rockland County's terrain and social landscape influenced their work, how they influenced one another and the future generations of artists, because there are still to this day artists who are living and working on South Mountain Road. It's still somewhat of an artist's colony, although it's become more developed in the late 20th century, early 21st century. Um, And also the influence of the actual physical environment on how people who live there in the past and in the present deal with their environment and their relationship to living in Rockland. What are some of the benefits of collaborating with Rockland Center for the Arts? Exchanging the ideas, tapping into that pool of knowledge, talking to people who are associated with the Rockland Center, who have come into the exhibit and are cross, we're cross-fertilizing ideas, we're gaining new ideas for things to add to the exhibition almost every day, um, and we may actually be adding a few things this summer to change things out. We have six pieces or eight pieces on loan from Rockland Center of the Arts, beautiful original artwork by South Mountain Road artists um, that we would not have been able to display otherwise that go very nicely with the pieces from our own collection that are out. It's limitless the ways you can collaborate and the ideas that we get from each other, kind of like the way the South Mountain artists influenced each other. Right, and and many of the artists actually were founders of the Rockland Center for the Arts. Isn't that right? They were. Yeah. They were. ROCA will continue this theme at their facility next year, right? Yes. As far as I understand it, they're planning a show of works by the next generation of artists who came after these original founders. We're kind of, we're doing the history and they're doing the up to the present day with works by the children, grandchildren, and just people who moved to South Mountain Road, um, and that's going to be a wonderful show, I think. It'll be fascinating to see all the strains pulled together. Do you think this topic is well-known to people in Rockland? I think it was better known a generation ago. We're finding that a lot of people who come into the Historical Society regularly are very familiar, but we're also bringing in a lot of people who aren't so familiar who don't really kind of understand. They know that South Mountain Road was an artist's colony. They don't really kind of know who those artists were. They might have heard of one or two of them, but they generally don't know of the importance of the South Mountain Road artists to the birth of the inter- of the American modernism movement. I mean, it really, it's where the a lot of the discussions to plan the 1913 Armory show that introduced modernism in New York City Um, It's where that exhibition was born. So it really, it has worldwide significance and people really don't understand that. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the physical exhibition. When people come to the Historical Society, what can they expect to see there? So we're really dealing with, in in our part of the exhibition this year, we're dealing with the history. So we've broken it up. We've kind of covered a time period from 1907, starting with Mary Mowbray Clark and going through about 1950. We go chronologically when you come into the gallery and we have devoted a section of the gallery, small sections to each of the most important, most influential artists for which we had material. It was an important criterion to have art and artifacts to show. There's a fair number of artifacts to look at. We have some 
beautiful original art by Henry Varnum Poor that we're excited about, and a lot of photographs um, of things that are not otherwise seen, such as the beautiful houses on the mountaintops that you can't get to <laughs> because they're private property. There's always been a connection, a strong connection, between the people who lived on South Mountain Road and the environmental movement. Is this covered in the exhibition? Yes, actually, the last section of the exhibition is focused on the environmental movement, concentrating on High Tour and the efforts to save High Tour that started in 1936 when Maxwell Anderson wrote his play High Tour to raise awareness of the danger of quarrying the mountain to d- and destroying the mountain. And that actually led the Palisades Park Commission to take over High Tour as a state park. And we also pay homage to Martis Grenierer, who founded the West Branch Conservation Association, which has put a lot of the land into trust on South Mountain Road so it can be preserved. Um, and we'll also preserve the watershed of the Hackensack River. That's great. So in a way, there's another influence. It's the influence over these municipal agencies to get involved and and really protect the environment. It sort of keeps going, that that word, influencers. Yes, it does. What is your favorite thing in the exhibition? I have two favorite things. I really love Henry Varnum Poor's clay statue, Woman with Alligator, because it's so bizarre. (laughs) And uh, my other favorite part of the exhibition actually isn't part of the exhibition. It's around the corner. Um, If you come in and you go into our back gallery, we have a special section on Henry Varnum Poor's Crow House. It concerns the construction, what the house looked like when it was still fully furnished and beautiful, and talks about what's happening to it today, because it's now owned by the town of Ramapo, and there is a Friends of Crow House group that's devoted to trying to save it, but it, it is in dire shape, and it does need the help, so... I really love the fact that we're engaging with that preservation effort and trying to bring attention to that. Excellent. The exhibition opened on April 18th. What has been the feedback so far? Feedback's been great. Uh, We've been getting at least four or five people in during the week, during the day, which is rather unusual these days. We're used to getting a lot of people in on our weekend hours on Sundays, but we're getting people almost every day. We've had well over 100 people come in this month. So people are enjoying it. They're finding it very interesting. They're asking a lot of questions. And we're also getting a lot of people who have lived on the road or currently live on the road coming in to offer feedback and often corrections, which are always welcome. Yes, of course, of course. What do you hope visitors will take away from visiting this exhibition? I hope people will leave the exhibition feeling that they've learned something new about Rockland County and also with the feeling that wherever you go in Rockland, you're going to find something interesting. South Mountain Road is tucked in there. You might never have a reason to drive it, but if you do, you will get a sense that there's something different about it, and that's true of a lot of areas of Rockland. I mean, history is all around us. Absolutely, I I agree. Again, tell us the exhibition hours and uh, when when it's open and when people can come. Okay, the exhibition is open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday from noon to four. On Sundays, we also give tours of our historic Jacob Lavelt house, so that's a bonus. We're open, most major holidays will be open Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we'll have the exhibition available until October 27th.
Great. And is there a admission fee? There is no admission to the exhibition. Wow, how are you able to do that? <laughs> we do that through the generous support that we receive from the County of Rockland Department of Economic uh, Development and Tourism, which has actually underwritten a large part of this exhibition. Excellent. That's great. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Susan Deeks, for coming to Crossroads of Rockland History. Well, thank you, Claire Sheridan, for everything. (laughs) (laughs) The exhibition, entitled Influencers, Art and History on South Mountain Road, is on view now through October 27th. As Susan said, it's Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays from noon to 4 p.m. And again, that exhibition is free. Please remember that everything we talked about, as well as a recording of this broadcast, will be available on our website. That's rocklandhistory.org. And we hope you'll tune in to the next episode of Crossroads of Rockland History. That'll be June 17th, right after the Steve and Jeff Morning Show. We have exciting upcoming events, exhibitions, and programs at the Historical Society. Our next day trip is to Claremont and Montgomery Place. And that'll take place on June 8th. There are some spots left on that trip. So please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org to learn about this trip and all of our other events, tours, and programs. We also have a calendar there that lists all the upcoming history events throughout Rockland County. Please follow us on Facebook, where we have a growing group of friends and fans. You can also find us tweeting on Twitter, blogging on Tumblr, and posting on Instagram. And please do visit us in New City. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on AM 1700 WRCR and WRCR.com.